I've been in this since October. I've been in this preaching series entitled Verses. Today we're talking about taking God seriously versus holy hypocrisy. Taking God seriously versus holy hypocrisy. Last week we talked about who God says you are versus who you think you are. We've talked about good gossip versus bad gossip. We've talked about support versus sabotage. We've talked about irresistible versus repellent. Today I want to talk about taking God seriously versus holy hypocrisy. Lord, bless your word. Bless me as your vessel. Let your word fall on fresh and fertile ground. Remove every distraction that would keep us from hearing from you. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. If you spend time in the Word of God, then you can attest to the authenticity, honesty, and transparency of the Word of God. If you are a student, reader, meditator, and or have taken time to memorize and internalize scripture, then you can attest to the authenticity, honesty, and transparency of the word of God. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, the authors who composed and prized the Word of God were authentic, honest, and transparent. In other words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the authors of Scripture did not exaggerate, fabricate, overstate, nor engage in spiritual photoshopping of the truth of the Word of God. According to this New Testament text, Luke author of the Luke-Acts narrative is once again authentic, honest, and transparent. As Luke records the life and times of the early church, Luke does not exaggerate the truth of what took place, but rather Luke 
paints a picture of the church, warts and all. As Luke records this particular narrative, Luke paints a portrait of the church that includes the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly. As Luke records this particular episode in the life of the early church, Luke records how the church in Acts chapter 4 is extraordinarily unified because they are filled with the Holy Spirit. As a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit, they are committed to the preaching of the gospel, the sharing of the good news, fellowship one with another, so much so that nobody has any need. As Luke records this dynamic atmosphere in the life of the early church, Luke takes note of a man by the name of Joseph, who is better known as Barnabas, who takes God seriously. Barnabas takes God so seriously, watch chapel, that he sells some of his property that has appreciated. As he sells the property that has appreciated, he does not put it in his personal coffer, but rather brings the proceeds of the church, of the sale to the church, to provide for those who might be in need. As Barnabas generously, extravagantly, and led by the Holy Spirit, exercises radical generosity, there's a man and woman by the name of Ananias and Sapphira who take note of the radical generosity and spirit-led spontaneity act of kindness of Barnabas and begin to feel a certain kind of way about the attention Barnabas is receiving. This was not requested or mandated by the church, but Barnabas, led by the Holy Spirit, a spontaneous act of spirit-led kindness sells personal property, brings it to the church to be a blessing to the body of Christ called church. Not mandated, not required, but totally Voluntary. Barnabas is the talk of the church because of his generosity and willingness to take God seriously. And while Barnabas takes God seriously, Ananias and Sapphira began to have pillow talk 
about some property that they own. And their property has appreciated like the property of Barnabas has appreciated. It's a seller's market, church. Huh. Barnabas ain't the only one who got land. We got land too. Let's sell our land. And let's give it to the church. But let's not give it all to the church. It's voluntary. I mean, we don't have to do it in the first place. We, we tithe. We give a dime out of every dollar. We give 10 out of every 100. We give 100 out of every 1,000. This is above and beyond what we should do. So we're going to sell this land. We close with Wells Fargo. And on Sunday, we're going to call Deacon Debnam, Deacon McMillan, Reverend Robinson. We're going to make a presentation. And Peter, the pastor of the church, is going to be impressed with our generosity. Ananias comes to church first. Sapphira is running late. Ananias comes to church and makes the presentation. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the gift of discernment, says, are you sure you want to go through with this? Ananias, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses in the church. We want to give it all. Well, if you're going to give it all, give it all. But you are lying, dishonest, trying to bamboozle the people of God. Ananias tragically dies. Sapphira, three hours later, unbeknownst to her, her husband is dead. Peter raises her, raises the question, gives her an out. Are you sure you want to follow through with this? Yes. Is this the whole price? Yes. Your husband told the same lie. Y'all should have held each other accountable to do the right thing. Yet, the men that carried your husband out are at the door now to carry you out. And Sapphira and Ananias die because of holy hypocrisy. They should have taken God seriously. They should have taken God and the things of God seriously by being honest and upfront. Yet, Ananias and Sapphira 
are guilty of holy hypocrisy by trying to be more than they really were in the sight of people. Despite being surrounded by people who were generous, honest, and upstanding, Ananias and Sapphira trying to satisfy their personal insecurities. Lie to God, lie to the Holy Spirit, lie to the church. Consequently, instead of doing the right thing, they do the wrong thing and pay a price because they don't take God seriously but become the most infamous Holy hypocrites in Scripture. Can I preach this? Watch chapel. And I preach this message to encourage all of us to take God and the things of God seriously. And as we are taking God seriously, we ought not fall into the trap of being hypocritical in our holiness. As we read this New Testament text, Watch Chapel, the tragedy is they didn't have to be hypocritical. They didn't have to lie. They could have avoided holy hypocrisy had they done some things different. And I want to lift this question lest you and I make the same mistake that Ananias and Sapphira made concerning holy hypocrisy. Notice as you read this text slowly, they try to do what Barnabas did but they were not willing to pay the same price. Can I preach this? Watch chapel. Let me just raise the question. How can we avoid holy hypocrisy by taking God seriously? If we want to avoid holy hypocrisy and take God seriously, we ought to embrace extraordinary examples. Come on, work with me, watch Chapel. No, Barnabas sells his property, brings the entirety of the proceeds to the church for the purpose of being a blessing to the kingdom and to the church. This was totally voluntary. Nobody made Barnabas do it. Peter didn't ask for it. The Holy Spirit encouraged Barnabas to do it. Barnabas did it. And Barnabas goes down as a blessing because of spirit-led generosity. Nobody asked for it, but Barnabas, led by the Holy Spirit, gave generously under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira in my sanctified imagination, see the attention Barnabas is receiving and say, 
we want some of the same recognition. We want some of the same attention. We want Peter to call our name. We want to sit up front too. We want our name on the website. We want a building named after us too. And while, hear me watch chapel, they are motivated by envy, insecurity, pride, ego. All they had to do was embrace an extraordinary example. If you're going to do it, then do it. Nobody's making you do it, but if you're going to do it, then do it and don't lie about it. If you want to sell your property and give it to the church, praise be to God. Nobody's making you do it. Be led by the Holy Ghost. But if you're going to do it, don't lie about it and don't be motivated by envy. But if you're going to do it, then do it. Ananias and Sapphira could have embraced the example of Barnabas. Amen. Can I preach this to the real folk? Sometimes we are envious of other folk, but not willing to put the work in that they put in to get where they are or do what they've done. She thinks she's somebody since she lost that weight. You hating on her, but you ain't put the work in. They think they somebody celebrating 25, 35, 45 years of marriage. You don't know what they've gone through to celebrate 25, 35, 45, 50 years of marriage. Driving a Tesla. You don't know the money they have saved. Drove a hoopty for 20 years. Going back to school. You don't know what they are sacrificing to go back to school to earn the degree. Grinning and smiling all the time. You don't know the pain they've had to overcome to smile, to exude joy, to be happy. We hate and are envious and are jealous of folk, but we don't know what they've had to do to get where they are or to overcome what they've overcome. Where if you want it, Put the work in. If you want your name recognized on the dean's list, put the work in. If you want to make the honor roll, put the work in. If you want to lose the same weight that they lost, say no to the cake and cookies and carbs and put the work in. If you want to be happy and holy in marriage, be quiet.
it. Come home at night. Keep yourself at home. Drink from your own well. Embrace the example. Had Ananias and Sapphira just embraced the example, Peter would have called that name too. That name would have been recognized too. They would have been seen as generous too. But instead of embracing the example, they are envious and deceitful and want the prize without paying the price. Go on, preach, pastor. Had they embraced the example, not only had they embraced the example, had they collaborated and not competed. They would have avoided holy hypocrisy. Let me say this, church. Somebody needs to hear this on this Sunday morning. Competition is not a spiritual value. Competition is for Duke and Carolina, Hampton versus Howard. Competition is Aggie versus Eagle. Competition ought not take place in the kingdom of God or the body of Christ called church. We are never called to compete one with another. Don't confuse the world with the church. Don't confuse intramural athletics with the body of Christ called church. Don't confuse corporate America with the church. Don't confuse your fraternity or sorority with the church. Don't confuse Democrats and Republicans with the church. We are the kingdom of God. We live by different values and virtues, the highest of which, which is love. If I love you, I ain't competing against you. If I love you, I'm trying to give you a hand. If I love you, I'm trying to promote you. If I love you, I'm trying to help you shine. If I love you, I want you to win like I want to win. If I love you, I trust God to bless me and you at the same time same time. If I love you, I ain't competing against you, but if we're going to do something, let us collaborate. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. What if Ananias and Sapphira talked to Barnabas and said, man, you sold your property, I sold my property, let's give it all together and try to create a, a collaborative effort to be a blessing to as many people as we can. What if we collaborate and not compete for attention, time, Energy. And Barnabas gives. Don't 
even know what Ananias and Sapphira are doing. But Ananias and Sapphira have to compete and not collaborate. Let me help somebody. Unbeknownst to you, there are some people competing with you right now. I wish I, I'm trying to bless somebody right now. Un, unbeknownst to you, there is somebody competing with you right now. And there may be somebody in here competing against somebody right now, and you are here, you are watching, listening virtually. I'm trying to bless you so you can sleep eight hours tonight. Competition ain't your friend. God ain't, can I preach this to bless somebody? God ain't expecting you to be better than somebody. God is expecting you to be your best self. Be the best Harry Leo White Jr. Be the best P-Dub you can be. And let me preach this to the real folk who need to hear it on this Sunday morning. Your competition ain't Pookie, man, man, peaches in them. Your competition is the person you see in the mirror. Let me bless somebody right now. Your competition is procrastination. Your competition is your lack of discipline. Your competition is your low self-esteem. Your competition is how you see yourself. Your competition is being better than you were yesterday. Ain't nobody thinking about you. They sleep. Compete against you and be the best you can be every day. Anybody thinking about you like that? You overestimate yourself, brother. You overestimate yourself, sister. Ain't nobody looking at you. You better look at yourself. He looking at me funny. Ain't she looking? Ain't nobody looking at you. Get over yourself. Had Ananias and Sapphira. Maybe this, maybe, 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 Sam, it's not collaboration. Maybe it's just contentment. Maybe, maybe if I could just be content with me. Maybe if I can just be content with being my best self. Content with being the best me I can be. And if I just get up every day and make up in my mind, I'm going to be content trying to be the best me I can be. I don't need to compete against anybody else. Oh, let me preach this. Let me say this to somebody. Maybe they weren't mad at Barnabas, but they were mad at themselves. Sometimes we take it out on other people, but we really mad at us. Oh, go on, P-Dub. If I, I don't want to be a holy hypocrite, so I'm going to embrace an extraordinary example. I'm going to be content 
and not compete. And I'm going to be guided by God. This ain't deep, but it's so profound. I said this a few weeks ago in Bible study. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead us to do anything contrary to Scripture. Holy Spirit ain't going to get you to cuss nobody out. Holy Spirit ain't going to make you, inspire you to smack nobody upside the head. Holy Spirit ain't going to lead you to say that's your man and he married. Holy Spirit ain't going to lead you to say that's my woman and she married. That ain't the Holy Ghost. Come on, preach Peter. Holy Ghost is going to guide you and direct you. And Ananias and Sapphira, hear me, watch chapel, had they been guided by God, they would have sold, gave, been content, and went home. But instead of being guided by God, they let the devil put a battery in their backsack. Come on, talk to me. They let somebody pump them up, whoop-de-whoop, rah-rah, y'all ain't talking to me. They let the enemy lie to them, deceive them, bamboozle them. And the devil is a liar. Let me help somebody. The devil is a liar. The devil will connive you, will deceive you, will have you believing you are the exception, believing you can get away with something you ain't going to get away with. And Peter, y'all ain't talking to me, led by the Holy Spirit, said, why are you trying to do this? Ananias and Sapphira lie, thinking they can get away with it. But had they been guided by God, they would have sold their land, gave it freely, and went home and said, to God be the glory for the great things that he has done. Let me help somebody on this Sunday morning. If you and I don't want to be holy hypocrites, let's embrace extraordinary examples. Let's be content, not competitive, but let's be guided by God. If you and I allow God to guide us, I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. Does anybody know God will lead you into green pastures? If you let God guide and order your steps, God will open doors for your life. If you let God guide you, God will guide you to the right place that's the best fit for you. If you let God guide you, God will guide you to the right job for you. If you let God guide you, God will guide you to the right university and college for you. If you let God guide you, God will guide you to the right man or woman for you. If you let God guide you, God will lead you to the right church where you can be a blessing and get a blessing while you're being a blessing. If you let God guide you, God will guide you to tithe so you can open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing in your life. If you let God guide you, God will lead you to do the right thing at the right time, in the right place. If you let God guide you,
stand to your feet. Somebody right now on this Sunday morning, my sister, my brother, you know, taking God seriously, it ain't wearing a dress down to your pinky toe. It's being honest. It's, it's being honest. They didn't have to lie. Nobody made them lie. Come on, talk to me. Iron sharpens iron. Somebody's giving may inspire you. Somebody's love may inspire you. Somebody's practice of Christian living may inspire you. I saw them forgive so I can forgive. I saw them go the second mile. I can go the second mile. I saw them love their children through a tough patch. I can do the same. That's iron sharpening iron. That ain't hateration, envy, or jealousy. Let God guide you. Let's stop lying on the Holy Ghost too. We don't told more lies on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit ain't tell you to do that. Sometimes we, we just out of order. Well, the Holy Ghost, no, uh-uh, that was you. That was our insecurities, our stuff, our low self-esteem. They asked you to say, they asked you to sing one song. You done sang a song, read the scripture, and preached the sermon. Now y'all wonder why I do funerals the way I do them. We done lied more on the Holy Ghost at funerals. No, 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 that wasn't Holy Ghost. That was you. Lights, camera, action. Little magic. Y'all don't, some of y'all don't remember that, yeah. Somebody right now on this Lord's Day morning.